podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Right, morning. I'm Phil. I am a stalwart of Open Heaven. Um, I, I actually came to Loughborough in the 90s to study at uni here, so uh, I have been around a while. Um, and in my final year at uni, I discovered Jesus, which is why I'm still a part of this amazing community and church here today. I, uh, I also work in a school, so um, it's a school full of people who, who are quite unpredictable. Um, so when I stand up and talk normally, I'm quite used to people shouting weird things, random things, questions, um, abuse, heckles, whatever. So, you know, feel free to engage in that way if you really want to. I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh, Cheers. I actually feel like I've cheated a little bit here. I'm doing Movember, but I've let the beard grow a little bit too much to really define it. But I promise by tonight that will be... Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Anyway, uh, thanks, Rich Cave. There's a person on the screen, isn't there? Yes, there is. Brilliant. The, the PowerPoint works as well. This is Ludmilla. She is a lady in the Czech Republic. Um, a, a solid Christian lady. And she stuck up a blue plaque outside of her house. Because who's not interested in what that blue plaque's about? You know, you're walking through Stratford and this is where Shakespeare ate a cake or whatever it is. Um, she stuck up a blue plaque and it simply said this, an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. Because Ludmilla is a Christian lady who considered that as a follower of Jesus, she represents something of heaven on earth, which makes her an ambassador, which makes her home an embassy. And people are intrigued, and they come and they knock, and she never turns anyone away. She doesn't feed them or do anything extravagant, but she'll give them a drink. She'll sit and chat with whoever knocks on there. Uh, and today, we're going to look at hospitality and sharing with one another as part of our... Oh, there you go. COVID safe. There it is. Um, so sharing with one another and hospitality. That's nice, isn't it? No, it's not nice. It's not going to be a nice talk. It couldn't be a more challenging topic, in fact. The words of Jesus are really, really challenging to me. And hopefully they're going to be really challenging to you as well. What the Bible says about hospitality and sharing is pretty much the opposite of what our society says about it. So I can't really do a nice talk about it, sorry. Um, what Jesus taught, though, and the effect it had on the early church is something that was deeply effective, really attractive, and it is something we can still try today. Are you still up for that? Is that okay? Well, it's waning, isn't it? Enthusiasm is waning. The stalwart arrives, but then he's going to challenge us. So if I could sum up what, what we're going to mean by hospitality and sharing today is this. We want to hold things lightly. This is what God is calling us to do. Hold things lightly and share them easily. And there's a whole load of areas that I'd like to uh, think about that this morning. So I live in a house. Uh, we bought our house, and it's a big house, I won't lie. It's, it's nice. Uh, but when we bought it, we said, this, God, is a gift from you. It is a kingdom resource. We couldn't have done it without you in terms of finances. A few, there's a few stories there. Um, but this is a resource for your kingdom, God. That's what we want it to be. And in line with that, I'm not going to do a Boris on you and lose my notes here. But has anyone ever been to Peppa Pig World? Not enough people. Um, anyway, in line with uh, this lovely house that we got, over the years we've had many lodgers. I'm just checking how many are here today, just in case there's a story. I think we've only got the current two year. Welcome here. Two year, do not worry. 
None of these stories are about you. They're about the old lodgers that aren't here today. So we've had many lodgers, and uh, they've been a wonderful thing for our family. We've got to know people from many nations. Uh, we've been cooked for, we've attended weddings. Uh, we've met many new friends. We've remained connected with OH1 because some of those attended the other part of Open Heaven. Uh, and our kids are really good with new people because we just have lots of people around. And um, you can do next slide, please. And we've also had pans ruined. We've also had crockery broken. We've returned home to the police knocking at the door and we've been woken in the night by really strange goings on. We've had a bit of both, but, and it's kind of been, I'd describe it as a continual chipping away at my desire to control the things that I've got in my house and in my life, my material stuff. But I know that I am better off for having shared my home with other people. So sharing is kind of what I just said there, that giving up that desire to control and own things. And we teach our kids that this is a good thing, don't we? You must share. Can I have the next slide, please? There we go. Uh, wonderful children sharing a piano. I assure you that looks really nice on the photo. And we look back very fondly at that moment. But it was actually chaos and led to fighting and people being dragged away. Um, but yeah, we teach our kids that sharing is good. But have you ever thought that when a kid's got a bag of sweets and they've got no income how big a deal it is to share some of those sweets with someone else. We kind of dodge that as an adult, don't we? Oh, here's something you spent half your monthly salary on. Can you just share it with lots of people now? You know, that, do we dodge it when we get to be grown-ups? I think we might do. I think society actually teaches us that we really do have a right to our own house, our own car, and all these lovely things, because we can save up for them, and we're in control of that, aren't we? But if our Father in Heaven said, actually, you, you need to share. <laughs> you need to share that. And, you know, I want to shout back, oh, it's not fair, I don't want to share that. Just like the kid in me that wants to have the thing and control it and keep it for my own. Oh, let's get to the Bible. Right, at the beginning of the Bible, or fairly close to the beginning, a guy called Abraham receives a promise from God. And this is the promise. I will bless you. I will make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've got a, a murmur of enthusiasm for that little bit of Bible. Uh, the rest of the Old Testament after this promise is pretty much the story of a group of people and a nation trying to live up to this. They sometimes succeed, they often fail. Prophets arrive and speak to them and say, look, you were called to this. They challenge them and encourage them and tell them, come on, you were called to be a blessing. And this is true for us as a church today. We are also claiming to be blessed by God, but not for ourselves. We are blessed to be a blessing in the world. Let's, let's not pretend that these, these are our own things that we're being given. These are things or the, the wonderful things that God gives us are there for sharing. Um, and it's challenging, but really freeing to see the stuff in our lives as kingdom resources that may be reallocated at any moment. We get to look after them. We get to treat them well. But actually, we are asked to bless other people with those things as well. So by the time we get to the New Testament, the people that had met Jesus seem to get the hang of it. 
And all the believers met together. This is in Acts, the early church, just after Jesus kind of had his earthly ministry. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. Jesus also says in Matthew, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. That's quite challenging, isn't it? <laughs> give to any, you didn't mean that, Jesus, did you? Give to anyone who asks. Surely not. Mm. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, give to, I can't sugarcoat that, can I? <laughs> it's like if, if Jesus himself says, give to anyone who asks you, I might have a few excuses. What about stewardship, God? What about that desire to look after things really well? Stewardship's a great excuse sometimes. Um, you know, I can't lend this out. It might not be looked after properly. I've really looked after this thing. And if I know their standards are not as good, I saved up for this bike and I maintain it diligently. If I let them ride it, they'll probably just smash it into the ground. It's a good excuse. <laughs> I just thought of something. I shared a whiskey with Rich Cave and he had COVID and couldn't taste it. It was really expensive whiskey. <laughs> it's not fair, is it? But, you know, hold things lightly, share them easily. That's what we're about. Is God more interested, though, in how we look after our things? How will we do that? Or is he more interested in how we look after the people around us? You know the textbook answer to that is the people, yeah? Good. I wonder what it'd be like if we looked after our things really, really well... Because when we give them away, we want whoever gets it next to have the best thing we can give them. So we're not looking after it for our own satisfaction, but we're just thinking, I'm going to look after this because Rich might need it next week. You know, John, you might need this bike next. Or you can have a whiskey. You, know, you, you deserve it. You can taste it. Um, I've lost count of the number of people actually in our community that share cars. This is a really good example. Um, and I'm sure that many times the car's left without enough fuel in, and in a really inconvenient place, well, we get to learn grace for each other as well. Fantastic. This, this is probably the most challenging phrase that I found relating to hospitality and sharing that a guy called Pete Gregg tweeted. I couldn't find the tweet to put on the screen, but he said this. If fear of our stuff being broken or lost or misused is stopping us, inviting people into our homes or sharing our stuff with them, then maybe it's time to get rid of the stuff because it's stopping us being Jesus to people. That's pretty blunt and pretty challenging and totally scripture-based of like, that stuff's in the way. Um, another guy that Jesus met, oh, I was looking to the slides, but I haven't done one for this. Um, w there's a chap described as a rich young ruler in the Gospel of Mark. I don't know what he ruled, but Jesus met this guy and he said uh, to Jesus, what must I do to get eternal life? He's really interested in Jesus' message. And Jesus turns to him and says, well, first of all, you need to sell all your possessions. And then you need to give all the money to the poor and then follow me. Oh, there you go. Pretty challenging. Very straightforward. It's not a complicated ask, that, is it? It might be, feel really impossible to a lot of us. Um, and, you know, let's, as I look around this room, I know most of us, if we consider it on a global scale, are pretty rich. Uh, we've got stuff. We've got nice things and we've got homes and all that kind of stuff. It's challenging. If those things get in the way of us being Jesus to people. So, you know, we're not all called, are we, to sell everything? 
unless it gets in the way of our God and our purposes from God. But there's an upside to this, isn't there, Rich? <laughs> I keep picking on you because you're on the front row. So it's like a proper gig, isn't it, that? Um, the upside is that if I'm in a room full of Jesus followers and they're all going to give to anyone who asks, then I can just say, oh, uh, you know, can I, can I have something? And you, you, yeah, you give it to me. So I did. This week I asked Rich, can I have your bike? That's a real example. Um, I'm still rehabbing after getting my leg damaged. Um, he lent me his really nice bike and Ads lent me an indoor trainer thing so I can get back up to speed. I just asked and I knew that I would get it because these are Jesus followers. So if there's any guests in, in fact, I know there are guests in, uh, people who are not normally part of this community, test us. <laughs> You've got permission. Test us today. Are we really followers of Jesus? Will we give you stuff if you ask? So that's a pretty big challenge from Jesus to hold our stuff lightly and share that easily. Um, I want to mention hospitality as its own kind of thing in this as well, because this is also about sharing. It's perhaps holding our agendas lightly and sharing our time and our space and our presence easily. So it's, it's kind of the same, but looking at hanging out with people. Uh, so hospitality is about sharing our space with others. Next slide, please. There it is. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. That's a relief, isn't it? Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Whatever gift. Not everyone's going to have the same gift in, are they? Um, not everyone can cook a five-course meal for 25 people. It's all right. Hospitality is not about producing the grand banquet. It's about using the gift you have to bless the person that's before you right now. Oh, shall I mention Ezekiel? I'm going all over the Bible today, but there's a wonderful bit in Ezekiel that seems... You can decide whether it links or not. Um, I didn't do an Ezekiel slide, did I? No. Can you find Ezekiel 47? Yeah, challenging the IT guys. Uh, so Ezekiel was another guy, he was an Old Testament prophet, speaking to Israel as it was trying and failing and trying again to live up to its calling to be a blessing. Um, Israel went out, uh, well, they, they got scattered and went into exile, and this was Ezekiel's message as they came back from their exile. He said, distribute the land as an allotment for yourselves and for the foreigners who have joined you and are raising their families among you. They will be like native-born Israelites to you, and you'll receive an allotment among the tribes. These foreigners are to be given land within the territory of the tribe with whom they now live. I'll paraphrase this for you a little bit, but um, if a nation was returning from an exile in those days, or now, <laughs> let's be realistic, uh, they would normally kick out the people that are now there, probably quite violently, and... Uh, they'd get rid of those tribes that had moved into their space. Israel were promised this land by God. It was their right to have this blessing. But here, Ezekiel is describing the heart of God as saying, effectively, while you were out, some squatters moved in. And I want you to now treat them as your family. You're not going to do anything other than welcome them and be welcomed into the space that you're now with them in. So Jesus uh, was despised 
and caused a lot of offence because he hung out with people that were not the right sort, the sinners of the day. But he made it clear that his presence with those people was his absolute purpose of his life. That's what he was here for. And that is also our purpose as the followers of Jesus, to be present among whoever, to hold our agendas lightly and share our time and space and our presence easily. In Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, whatever you did to one of these, the least of my brothers and sisters, even just give a cup of cold water, you were doing it for me. Nice. So we don't have to switch on this super gifting. We can offer someone a glass of water, and actually God considers that such an act of service that he considers it something we did for him. I want to mention a guy called uh, Adam, his dad, actually. He's not here today. sometimes pops in, doesn't he? Um, I once walked into a kitchen, and Ad's dad was sat there. And he said, oh, when you walked in, the kingdom of heaven was closer. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I'm super holy. This is, this is a good day. The presence he said, it's not a compliment. It's just a fact. <laughs> he said, you follow Jesus and you've invited the Holy Spirit into your life. So wherever you go, the presence of God is with you and the kingdom of heaven is closer. I was like, okay, yeah, I get that. Which means... This is why this works, because even giving a cup of water in the name of God, in the spirit of hospitality, brings heaven closer. So I'm, although we started thinking this is going to be super challenging, maybe, maybe there's some baby steps we can do here, yeah? What would it look like, eh, if every interaction we had with someone else was seen through this idea of sharing their space in order to bring heaven into that space? And heaven's goodness... Jesus' teaching was not complicated by modern ideas of entertaining. An extreme... Oh, let me do another Pete Gregg quote, because he he said some good stuff. This is a guy that's known amongst prayer circles in the UK church, if you've never heard of him. Um, People tell me they have the gift of hospitality, which they mean they have a beautiful home in which they enjoy entertaining guests who confirm just how lovely their home really is. This isn't hospitality. This is the gift of a box of chocolates. An extreme example of this kind of letting, showing off, get in the way of hospitality, uh, we find in, I've not written which gospel, but in one of the gospels, uh, a local king called Herodias holds a banquet to show his wealth off. And in the name of pleasing his guests and his daughter and not losing face, he ends up put into death John the Baptist because he's showing off because he's invited people around and he doesn't want to lose face he ends up killing someone Jesus responds immediately after this hearing the news that his cousin and his friend has been killed is to go and hang out with 5,000 people and feed them 5,000 people that just wanted to be with him and would not leave him alone that is the heart of hospitality to me it's like you're here And I'm struggling with this news, but I know that I value you, I love you. And that, the kids actually upstairs are learning about the feeding of the 5,000 today. So they'll be able to tell you how that that just started because one boy shared his fish sandwiches. You know, it still required a moment of someone sharing, and Jesus took that. 
I want to mention a couple of examples from our community of where I've, I've seen this and been really inspired. Um, it must be about 15 years ago. I'm looking at Louise and Brian. Is it about 15 years ago when you... Yeah. Five people dumbfounded the banks by asking for a five-way mortgage because they wanted to buy a house together. Now, that didn't really... That wasn't the norm, I guess, was it, at the time, for people to do that sort of thing. Probably still isn't the norm, really, is it? Um, but the vision there was to buy a massive house, not for their own benefit, but to be hospitable to others. None of them could do it alone, but with long-term commitment, trust, risk in it, it happened. Long-term commitment and kingdom thinking made something possible. And countless people have lived there since. And I've been told that not only have they been blessed, but actually they've been a blessing to the household. And I just want to commend these guys. Brian, Louise, Linda isn't here, I don't think, today. But, and so many other people that have been on that journey with them. Well done, thank you. It's, it's, it's a brilliant example. At the other end of the spectrum, requiring much less commitment, I want to mention a girl that I met in my final year. I went to a Christian meeting in October and uh, met a few people, no doubt, <laughs> and then didn't go back again for another three months. And in January, I went back to another Christian meeting on campus, and this girl came up to me and goes, Oh, hi, Phil. How are you doing? Good to see you. It sounds really small, that, but that changed my world because I knew that I was valued and loved by this group of people to the point where I, I wasn't part of this yet, but I was remembered. I was noticed, and uh, I married that girl. <laughs> not, th not straight away, not there and then. <laughs> uh, so that, that's Lucy Lyon. Again, total ends of the spectrum there. Really different stories, but both are acts coming from a desire to be hospitable, to be welcoming and accepting. So good hospitality is about sharing space with people, making them feel safe and at home and understood as opposed to entertaining, which is inviting someone into your space to impress them. They're definitely very different. So hospitality of this kind, I would suggest, is the very essence of the gospel. God himself giving up all the benefits of heaven to come and share space with us. Not lording over us. This is the life of Jesus, sharing space with human beings. Not lording over us, not taking over the room, but serving and blessing in a way that made people come alive, feel whole, feel restored, know a path back to Father God. And this distinction between hospitality and entertaining is why having a large house or supreme cooking skills doesn't make any difference whatsoever. In fact, Jesus famously had nowhere to lay his head, did he? He invited himself round to other people's houses, the Rich Cave Ministry of... I mention you a lot today, but Rich, I just know you very well and I love you. He was famous for ending up at people's houses for dinner. And they were like, did we invite Rich? I'm not even sure. <laughs> but I will say this. Every time, he was a blessing to that household by sharing that meal. And this is what Jesus did. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house, a chief tax collector. He invited himself along. But actually, Jesus' presence in that household made such a difference that Zacchaeus took the things that he had gained immorally and blessed his community because he felt the blessing that Jesus brought into his house. Now, the early church was probably not full of people who had got their theology completely sorted. In fact, it definitely wasn't. They were arguing a lot. Um, they hadn't signed up to a particular set of beliefs, but we were told this in Acts. Yes, I have got... A, it's been a long time since we had a new slide, isn't it? 
That's, I got a bit bored putting PowerPoints together. Um, so all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions, and they shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It says share quite a lot in that short bit of the Bible there, doesn't it? And it also tells us the effect that it had. The people joining this community that were added to their number daily had seen something beautiful in a community that enjoyed being together, looked after each other, and looked after others, the poor. This church, this early church, was no doubt full of needy people. And maybe that is the sign of a healthy church, that people come because they need. And maybe most of those people then realized that what they really needed was to know their creator God. Because that's ultimately the thing that we really want, isn't it? To, to get people to experience the presence, the love, and the power of God. So done well, looking after each other within this community isn't a selfish act, an inward looking. Done well, it's a show of love and a reason why other people might want to join. Jesus' prayer in John 17 was that the world would believe in him because of the love that his followers showed to each other. And here in Acts, this was definitely coming true. And here today, this could also be coming true, couldn't it? That we can share our homes, our cars, our guitars, our canoes, our whiskey, our bikes. Uh, what else can we share? Lawnmowers. Thank you. We've got lawnmowers. Anything else? <laughs> I ran out of things on the list. Money. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Get, just get the cash. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I've got two jackets, and Jesus said if you've got two jackets, give one away. So if it fits, it's yours. Uh, but most of all, we can share our presence with each other in a way that brings life to each other, builds people up, brings life. So in a moment, I'm going to urge you to think about how you can hold things lightly and share them easily. We're going to get a little bit practical. Um, when we respond to this in a minute, I'm not going to do kind of an introspective search of our hearts kind of response where we think in our own kind of world and then go and try and do something. We're going to do something right here in the room, if that's all right. Um, can I invite the worship band jazz section to the front? To, they're going to provide some music for this. So while they play some lovely music, I want you to go home, find the thing that you treasure the most... Bring it here. We're going to put them all in the middle. Obviously not. That's, that's a joke. Um, but actually, if there's even a tiny reaction in you there, you're human. And it's that human nature that wants to have things and control of those things that we're kind of provoking and challenging a little bit today. So I, I have got three options for you. Uh, option number one, please, is simply invite someone message or that means in real life IRL for anyone under 30 uh, over 30 sorry uh, simply invite someone for coffee for dinner uh, to go for a walk with you invite someone to live with you 
Um, or invite yourself somewhere else. That's biblical too. So that's option number one if you want to go with that. So I want you to invite people to join you in your space in some way. Or you can text me right now on that number or write some stuff on a bit of paper if you feel a bit weird texting me. Um, I want you to tell me stuff you need. Because if you ask, I've got to give it to you, right? Yeah? But option number three, um, I also need some people to want to give some stuff away because I'm trusting that if I ask you for the stuff that the other people need, maybe God could just match a few things up. It's risky, this. I know. But I'm hoping that in a few minutes' time, I'm going to have either some text messages or a list of things on bits of paper that people just feel they need or want or would like to give away. Because maybe it's getting in the way. Or maybe it's just a nice thing to do. And it's not free cycle. I don't want like all the stuff you just kind of got in a pile that needs to go. I want it to mean something to you.